The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to Adam Coons. He is the Chief Portfolio Manager at Winthrop Capital Management on the line from Indianapolis. Thanks for being with us, Adam. It's all about the Fed. We know that. Uh, this aggression, though, is starting to create a little bit of concern in markets. Mohamed El Arian today saying the Fed is slamming on the brakes and the economy is beginning to go through the windshield. Is he being a little too hyperbolic? First off, thanks for having me, Doug. Um, you know, I, in some regards, no. If you look at what the Bank of England's doing, uh, they're basically uh, doing the same thing. They're, they're kind of putting their stake in the ground. They're saying, we're not going to budge, and uh, you know we're going to change the narrative that that these central banks actually have control of the system, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to gain that control. So, when we look at what the Fed's narrative has been uh, over the course of 2022, it's been, you know, intent on raising interest rates, tightening uh, monetary monetary policy, and and kind of putting an end to this this inflation that we've seen. And so it seems that, that they will do that at any cost. Yeah, we're getting uh, quite a lot of colorful metaphors as the Fed uh, continues to tighten, be it going through the window. A number of commentators are saying something's going to break. If something does break, what's it going to look like? Well, I think it's important to remember or, or think about the fact that really what we're experiencing right now is is a liquidity issue and so that, that that's the driver of these uh, you know exceptional moves and in, in guilts is that that there's a lack of liquidity and you're seeing the same thing here in the u.s with with our treasury market and 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 bonds as a whole is that there's just no natural buyer right now and and there's there's two parts of that one is obviously that the fed has uh, remove the punch bowl and there's no longer that natural buyer of uh, from from the Fed, but also the, the fear and uncertainty of what the next move has caused so many across across the street to uh, just kind of back away from markets, move into cash and wait this out. And so I, I think what, what we need to think about here is that as this liquidity issue builds, uh, it, it's effectively a, a a circular kind of doom loop where you 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 see that the lack of liquidity actually pushes rates higher and 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 eventually that that could break the markets and I I think that's what everyone's starting to be fearful of. And uh, Adam Doug was suggesting before the break or wondering uh, if we're at the bottom yet is the worst priced in in terms of what's coming down the pipe and is this perhaps a good name time to add some quality names? Yeah. So I mean, you know. It's really difficult to call the bottom of any market. So what investors should look at is valuation. And, and when we're looking at fixed income markets, we do see this as at least the um, it will work. We don't want to call it the bottom, but but literally the the, the overall peak in, in interest rates. We see 4% on the 10-year. 
um, kind of as a, a, a stopping point. And while they may go slightly higher, we are extending duration across our portfolios because of the conviction behind uh, lower interest rates long run. On the equity side, um, valuations have become uh, much more reasonable. And when you're looking at the S&P 500 at 16 times earnings, uh, we do see this as an as an opportunity. Uh, we are adding uh, incrementally uh, at this point where, where we have cash, uh, but one of the, the the bigger opportunities we're seeing uh, across markets is in China, mm. and um, you know this is this is a market that has had a a very difficult year, and and the COVID zero uh, policies have have really set them back. But when we model this out uh, going forward, and we see some some changes happening within that COVID. Uh, zero policy, uh, you know, we're actually modeling above 6% GDP growth in China uh, in the second quarter of 2023. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, we're modeling that that the U.S. economy is, is hitting a, a recession at that point in the first and second quarter of, of, of 2023. So and while we still like U.S. markets as a whole, when we're looking across uh, the universe of, you know, investable securities, uh, you look at uh, Europe, uh, it's a effectively a train wreck. I mean, when you see what's happening in, in England right now, uh, Germany is, is, is in some form of a recession right now. And then Japan um, it has has outperformed in uh, over the last uh, you know year or so relative to to U.S. markets, and, and we're kind of seeing it begin to hit a wall. So when we look outside of the U.S., China is really the the bright spot from from a country that uh, we see growth potential. We see a lot of companies uh, that that are you know cash flow machines, great business models, and we think the delisting uh, risk is is overstated. We think that the zero uh, COVID policy is overstated going forward, and we think that ultimately, you know, the party's going to stand behind uh, propelling that economy uh, back to, you know, kind of the the superpower uh, form that, that that they were moving towards. Right. And, and when you look at valuations there, I mean, trading at ten times earnings in China right now, uh, it, it's never been cheaper. So, and so I'd be very curious to get some themes from you because one of the things that I think that's looming uh, for China right now, if the U.S. is successful in preventing uh, China from accessing some of the super high technology semiconductor technology, that may present a huge risk for a lot of uh, high tech in China. Give me 60 seconds on the industries that you're focused uh, on in China right now. Yeah, so we're focused more on on the kind of software as a service uh, companies where they're not as uh, dependent on the actual hardware. So when you look at companies like Tencent, uh, Alibaba, JD, uh, we think those are still the the, the bright spot. Uh, yeah, Baidu as well. So while there is some uh, dependency on technology, they're obviously technology companies. Uh, from from the pure dependency on uh, on hardware, like a company like Huawei, uh, who obviously is dependent on on U.S. chips. Uh, we wouldn't be buying that. But when you're looking at software companies uh, that are expanding uh, their footprint uh, across the globe, uh, those are the type of companies that we like. Adam, very, very quickly, 10 seconds. You mentioned much earlier in the interview, a lot of people have a cash position right now. What's yours like? Uh, ours is about uh, 5% and it's going down. We're, we're chipping away at it every day. All right, Adam Coons, we'll leave it there. Adam is a Chief Portfolio Manager at Winthrop Capital Management. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bloomberg Daybreak Asia today. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, 
the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.